If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. On today's episode of the Game Time Guru podcast, we're going to be discussing the NBA G League. Formerly known as the NBA D League, the developmental league, now is sponsored by Gatorade. It's the NBA G League. We're going to talk about it from a coach's perspective because we're bringing on the head coach of the Wisconsin Herd, Coach Jordan Brady. This is the Milwaukee Bucks affiliate in the G League. Some of the discussions that we're going to be having is we're going to get to know Coach Brady's whole experience as a player all the way through as a coach, talk about his first year with the Herd, as well as what he expects to see from the G League going forward. There's a lot of growth in this league, and it's given another option for those players wanting to play professionally. You're going to love it. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the intro. It's a new one. Um, it's a little bit more catchy. Gets everybody's attention. And uh, it gets you kind of ramped up for the interview, I think. Um, it, it's awesome. So I've been working on that, trying to, to put stuff together. Uh, before we jump in with the interview, though, I want to let you guys know we've still got something coming up here in the very near future. I told you guys in the last week's episode that I had something I was working on. I'm still getting it all put together. It's been making a lot of progress. And I'll be ready to basically talk about it maybe on my social media platforms in the coming weeks. Uh, I probably will push it through in my newsletter. So if you haven't done so already, go to gtgnewsletter.com. It stands for Game Time Guru. So go to gtgnewsletter.com. I'll put the link here, but just remember that as well uh, to sign up for my newsletter where you can get some in-depth information, not only on the guests, but you can get some information on the giveaways we'll be doing as well as a little bit of information on the behind the scenes stuff of what I'm doing for some... Uh, some cool things, cool projects going forward. So like I said, I've got Coach Jordan Brady of the Wisconsin Herd joining me today. We're going to jump into this interview because he's on the phone with me. Jordan, thanks so much for joining the show today. You bet, Shane. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And before you were a coach, Jordan, you were actually a player of the game of basketball. You played at a very high level, actually, for quite some time. Can you give us a background on your days as a player yeah, so, um, you know, I grew up in a small town in eastern Utah and uh, played at a small high school, Uinta High School, and so my first opportunity in college came at the Dawson Community College in Glendive, Montana, and then from there I transferred to Salt Lake Community College, um, and then after that I served an LDS mission and came home and played um, my Division One ball at Utah Valley University before uh, beginning my playing career. Um, overseas. So my first uh, professional playing was in a small country called Luxembourg. And I played over there for half a season and was released by the team that I was with and came home. And one of my friends and also a a guy who was an assistant coach at Utah Valley while I played there was an assistant coach with a team called the Utah Flash who were in the NBA Development League. And so I practiced with them and then ended up playing them for playing with them for two seasons after that uh, before splitting time between the L.A. Defenders and the Idaho Stampede uh, before I transitioned into coaching. Sweet deal, man. In, in regards to Utah Valley University, uh, as a Jazz fan, we should all know this. Ronnie Price, I believe Ronnie Price went to Utah Valley. Is that correct? Yeah, Ronnie Price went to Utah Valley, and he he was there before I was. I never played with him, um, but uh, yeah, he's 
uh, certainly the most prominent player that has come out of Utah Valley. Yeah, Utah Valley is a really good school for basketball. And Salt Lake Community College is also another good basketball school. So it's cool to hear that you went the JUCO route, went to the big school, and kept fighting, and you made it to the professional level. You got to compete at a very high level, which is very rare. I mean, not the majority of players don't get to do that. Now, in your playing career, you did mention you played overseas as well as you know some time in the D-League. And I've had discussions on the show before about the D-League, um, well, the developmental league back then. Um, and, and the lack of, I guess, the ability to take the players and keep them here, most players do go over, overseas if they don't make the NBA because of the finances and such. I kind of want to know your thoughts at that time. Uh, did you enjoy playing overseas compared to here? What were your overall thoughts? Yeah, you know, Shane, I really did enjoy playing over there. Um, I, Looking back on it now, I think if I would have had to do it over again, I probably would have stayed and tried to play in the development league my first year out of school because I had a a unique opportunity before I left overseas to practice with what was called the the D-League Select team. It was a group of players that they put together from the D-League to play in the NBA Summer League, and they needed an extra body for their practices um, that they were doing here in Salt Lake. So I went and played with that team and one of the assistant coaches for that team, a guy named Dell Osborne, who's now an assistant coach for the Portland Trailblazers, um, told me, he said, you know, he, he was an assistant coach for the Utah Flash at that time. And he said, man, you, you could play in this league with us and it could be a really good opportunity for you. But I had already signed my contract overseas. And so I stayed committed to that. And then when I came home, um, it was the connections that I had made with those coaches that allowed me to come in and uh, be a practice player with the Utah Flash and begin playing in the, the D-League. But um, it was a good opportunity overseas. We It was really nice living over there for a few months. Our, our oldest son was actually born over there. My wife was pregnant when we went over. And so the experience over there was fantastic. We enjoyed living over there. And, uh, you know, we would still, uh, again, eventually like to live overseas and um, you know, we just enjoyed that lifestyle and that experience, and um, it's unique. Yeah, it's interesting to hear your your story um, and your perspective from there. I had a guy on the show once. His name is Roberto Bergerson, who you know, local legend here from Boise. On the show, he talked about you know the experience of you know playing overseas compared to playing in the D League because he also had the opportunity to do both of those. And um, you know, there's a lot of things that you know go into it in regards to you know, finances and stuff. The D-League wasn't funded very well as far as like what the players were paid and um, overseas gave you a better opportunity financially at the time. And so he talked about that, but he also mentioned culture too. So I thought that was interesting. One thing I wanted to bring up, um, you played for the Stampede. I want to know your thoughts. So as a player, we obviously don't have the team here anymore, but the Idaho Stampede was the local team here in Boise. They used to be affiliated with the Jazz and, you know, at the time the Trailblazers. It's, um, one of those things, the reason they're not here anymore is simply because we didn't get people to the games. Like I would go to games and I, cause I love, I'm a student of the game. I love watching these players that I knew in college that didn't make it to the bigs, but I know who they are. I enjoy watching them, but you'd go to the games and they'd have maybe a thousand people at the games. Maybe. I mean, I mean, they were trying every trick in the book to try to get fans to the games. And I thought that was just ridiculous because it's professional basketball. Uh, but I want to know what your thoughts were when you were in the, the D league did you guys have fan participation either, whether it be with the, the Stampede or the Defenders, like whoever it was, did you guys get the fan participation? What were your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it really varies from one organization to the next in the in the D-League and depending on the market. Um, I felt like 
the uh, Idaho Stampede. Um, they were they were pretty decent at getting uh, people out, but it just kind of depended. It was hit and miss, you know. Um, when I played for the Utah Flash, we, we were in the same division as the Idaho Stampede, and I always enjoyed playing there as a visiting player. Um, and then when I finished my playing career there, um, I enjoyed that as well. But it can be hit and miss depending on the market and um, the people who are on the team at the time and how the team is doing. Right on. And uh, Coach Brady, when did uh, we make the transition from Jordan Brady, the player, to Coach Brady? Yeah, my first year coaching was the 11-12 season, and I was still planning on playing leading up in leading up to that season, but one of my former coaches um, that I played for with the Utah Flash was the uh, head coach of the IO Energy, and he called me, um, you know, a couple weeks before the season was going to start, and one of his assistant coaches left to take a job in college, and he offered me a full-time position on his staff, and so I thought that that was a good opportunity, and my wife and I you know, I knew that I wanted to transition into coaching, so I felt like that was a pretty good opportunity to get in um, at a high level. And so I decided to cut my playing career short and go ahead and transition into coaching. And as an assistant coach to that organization, what were your responsibilities? Um, you know, as an assistant coach, you do mostly player development. Um, I did the opponent personnel scouting reports was kind of one of my assignments as an assistant coach and then just you know other random um assignments in the g league or the d league the staffs are pretty small so everybody has to do a lot of things which is really good you learn how to do a little bit of video you do scouting and so it's really a great opportunity for a coach to grow in a lot of different areas because it's hard to just specialize in one area because you know the staff that i was on there were only three coaches, three assistant coaches, and the head coach. And so we all had to dig in and, and do quite a bit of work. So it was a really good learning experience for me as a first-year coach. I, I bet. I bet it was. It sounds like it was kind of like the JUCO experience. I had Coach Davern Williams from Tennessee Chattanooga, was with East Mississippi Community College from Last Chance U. He was on the show once talking about JUCO football coaches that they had to do recruiting player development all sorts of stuff so I mean they wore a lot of hats and it kind of sounds like that was the same concept but at the professional basketball level now you made the transition from assistant coach to head coach and now you're head coach of the Wisconsin herd let's talk about the Wisconsin herd you know this has been a really good opportunity for me I I was the first head coach in franchise history which was really cool so the Milwaukee Bucks bought their own G League franchise um, you know, a little over a year ago. And so it was a unique opportunity to be able to go out and work with them and start a G League franchise. Um, we did it from the ground up. They were a new market. They hadn't had basketball in the community that the team is located in. We're in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and it's part of the Fox Valley there in Wisconsin. And they hadn't had professional basketball there in over 50 years. And so, um, you know, there was a private investor in the community who built a entertainment complex, um, which is a very nice arena for our league. And um, it was just a lot of fun being able to be part of a first-year franchise and learning on the fly and being able to apply the things that I had learned as an assistant coach in the D-League 
um, and help them get that going out there. And it, I mean, it's just been a tremendous opportunity. My family and I love living in the community and uh, the Bucks organization is phenomenal. I really enjoy working with them. And so it's just been, you know, top to bottom, just an awesome opportunity for me. Absolutely. And it sounds like you're taking advantage of that awesome opportunity. So it's great. I'm happy to hear that. It's one of these things I want to talk about was the G League now compared to the D League back then. One of the things we spoke about on the show before were the two-way contracts. I want to know your thoughts about the similarities and differences between the D League then and the G League now. Has it grown? Has it improved? What are your overall thoughts? Yeah, certainly it's improved. It's improved in in every way, um, you know, logistically and the support that we get from the NBA and also, um, you know, the travel has improved and the talent in the league has improved. And a lot of that has to do with the two-way contracts. And the two-way contracts uh, just started last year. That's an interesting, um, you know, it is. It's a really interesting way to build the rosters in the G League, but it's also an interesting and and a unique opportunity for NBA teams to um, be able to build their rosters as well. So, I mean, the the two-way contracts are really more of an NBA contract than they are a G League contract, depending on how the organization decides to use them. But um, they're a literal 16th and 17th roster spot on an NBA roster. So it's just a, a really cool thing to see the league growing like that. Oh yeah, it's it's awesome. It's from a fan's perspective, it's awesome to see what they've done to keep these players stateside. They're making those two-way contracts, they made those improvements and I expect them to do much more as well. It's cool to hear your perspective on it. From a fan's perspective, it's it's pretty sweet to see. We're keeping a lot of those players that are just on the cusp of making the NBA. We're keeping them over here so that they can finally make the league when given the opportunity. Now tell us about the first season with the Wisconsin Herd and give us a little bit of a recap of how you guys did and what we can expect going forward. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like our first year was successful. So we, you know, we ended up going 21 and 29. Um, but we had a, you know, we had a slower second half of the season. Through the first half of the season, we were doing uh, really well in the win-loss column. And um, we had some players that were performing at a very high level. And right at about the midpoint of the season, um, there's a, there is an event called the G League Showcase where all the teams come um, to one city and everybody plays two games and, you know, NBA scouts and international scouts and really the whole world of basketball professionally is there in that city for this event. And um, it is right in line with the 10-day contract starting in the NBA. And I ended up losing uh, my two top players to... Uh, NBA contracts and that's part of it you know we were successful in the development part we were able to have three of our players get called up to the NBA um, and it was a lot of fun to see those guys progress and move on but at the same time it's hard to replace those guys on a G League roster and so we struggled to win games over the second half of the season but you know organizationally it was a big success we um, helped rehab Jabari Parker from his second knee injury which was a really you know, it was just a great experience for uh, me to be able to work with a player like him and then also for a player like that to be around our guys. Um, and that's part of the G League, too, is to just be a, you know, a minor league team for the for the Milwaukee Bucks, whatever they need us to do to help make the Milwaukee Bucks a championship-level basketball team. And so I felt like we were able to, to be that organization for the Bucks, which I think uh, made a really successful first season. 
I can only imagine what it would be like to be a player in the G League and having a player of Jabari Parker's caliber in the locker room, being able to you know have that type of influence. That would be such an awesome opportunity to learn and grow as a player. That's sweet. In regards to the Milwaukee Bucks, they obviously had an awesome season. They almost took out the Celtics. I mean, they they made a run for it, and they're good. And I just have a question in regards to that, and I'm going to use the Bucks as the example because they're the NBA affiliate for the Wisconsin Herd of whom you coach. But I guess it could go for any of the teams that have a G League affiliate. Does the success of the NBA franchise have an immediate impact on the G League affiliate or the G League organization? In other words, did the Bucks' awesome season that they had directly impact the Wisconsin Herd this year? Yeah, Shane, that's actually a really good question. Um, my experience is that there is not a direct impact or a direct correlation between the success of the NBA franchise and the G League franchise. Although, um, you know, when an NBA franchise has a more, I guess you could say, a more settled roster, then I think that there can be opportunity for um, increased assignments, which could help you in the G League. But I really, I really don't know if there's a direct correlation between winning in the G League and winning at the NBA level for the the clubs, other than the fact that when you win at the NBA level, it's because, you know, you have a good management group in place, you have a supportive ownership group, and then you have good coaching and also a strong roster. And so those things can also affect the G League team because it's many of the same people that are running both organizations. For sure. And in regards to you know your team, the Wisconsin Herd, do you guys run the same offense, the same sets as the Milwaukee Bucks to make it an easier transition for either, you know, let's say a, a Bucks player like Jabari Parker has to come down or somebody comes down to, to get back into basketball shape or one of your guys goes up, does it make an easier transition or do you guys run a completely different offense? Yeah, another great question. So um, we did, we ran exactly what the Milwaukee Bucks ran last year and we're going to do it again this year. Um, as you know, they had the coaching change um, and they hired Mike Budenholzer and his staff from Atlanta to come over and um, to Milwaukee. So um, I've been working all summer learning the uh, offense that they ran with the Atlanta Hawks and working with their coaching staff to learn and integrate their culture into what we are going to do with the Wisconsin herd, because I just feel like when you're a, a development program for a major league organization, it makes it seamless. You know, if they want to assign players, those players are going to be able to come and play with the herd. And we're going to be doing the exact same things offensively and defensively. We're going to use the same terminology and we're going to um, have very similar practice outlines so that that player can come and not have to worry about learning something new. They can just come and work on their game and then, it will be a better translation for them. You know, their experience that they gain in the G League is going to help them to perform at the NBA level. So they get their experience with us. We're running the same stuff. And then if they're needed at the NBA level, um, you know, they their experience is going to be a, a really strong translation at the NBA level. So for me, I feel like it's the best thing to do as a minor league organization. Awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. And what can we expect from you, Coach Brady, going forward? Now, we know you've already had your experience as a player. We know that you've you know, made the ranks, you've climbed the ranks, I should say, as a coach, as an assistant, now the head coach. Where can we expect to see you in the next couple of years? Where do you plan on being? Do you want to make it to the NBA, or do you like where you're at right now? What's, what's your ultimate goal? Yeah, um, for me, 
I'm really enjoying the time that I'm having as a head coach right now. I spent five years as an assistant coach in the D League, and so it's a good opportunity for me to apply a lot of the things that I've learned and to be able to have this head coaching experience. I just, you know, I think that it's really valuable experience. And you see now um, there are more and more coaches being hired in the NBA who have had the head coaching experience in the D League, and then they move on to be assistant coaches at the NBA level. And I think that it, um, you know, quite frankly, makes you more qualified to be a head coach at the NBA level. And people in the NBA management groups are respecting the head coaching experience in the, in the G League. And so for me, um, I just want to do the best that I can with this opportunity. And I feel like um, it'll it'll lead into whatever's next in, in my life. You know, I've kind of grinded from the time that I started playing basketball, even, you know, as a player going JUCO to Division One and grinding through the G League. And um, so for me, I just really enjoy this opportunity and experience that I'm in right now. But um, you definitely don't uh, make a career of, of being a G League coach. And um, it's kind of a small window. So you get in and you want to do a really good job for a few years and hope that uh, there is another opportunity at the end of it all. So we'll just have to see where it goes. And in regards to the way that the the sport of basketball is changing, they're getting rid of the one-and-done rule. And then LeVar Ball just came out with the Junior Basketball Association, which just wrapped up its inaugural season. Um, and I just actually interviewed Coach Stix Mitchell from the New York team over there just last week. And in regards to that, do you think that this is a good thing for basketball by providing another outlet for the players? Is it going to hurt the NCAA? Is it going to hurt the G League having you know the one and done rule being gone, and then having another professional league such as the JBA? Or what's your what's your thoughts on that? I just want to see from your perspective as a coach. You know, I guess it's hard to say. It's all a matter of opinion, and so for me, I think that it I think that it can be a good thing and it can be a negative thing as well. Um, I don't think that you're ever going to be able to to do something that's going to be the absolute best for both the professional situation and also the, the amateur or the college situation. But um, I like it because it gives players another option. It gives them another avenue. Um, and so I just think that anytime you give people um, more choice uh, for their career path, that, that can be a good thing for them. And so hopefully um, we'll be able to put the people in the right places. If they're professional basketball players, they'll be able to get into uh, professional basketball at a younger age and begin to develop at that level. And then it'll give more opportunity for people at the amateur level to be successful because there will be, um, you know, it'll take some of the talent pool, I guess, from the NCAA um, and give other kids an opportunity to grow in, in that way as well. So, um, for me, I think that it's a positive thing for basketball overall because it just gives people more options and more opportunities. So um, we'll obviously have to see how things continue to progress there. But for me, um, I think that it can be a good thing. Absolutely. And I want to thank you once again, Coach Brady, for joining the show and helping us deliver this panoramic view on sports by you know, sharing your journey with us from being a player all the way to a coach at the professional level. So guys, make sure to check out the uh, Wisconsin Herd the NBA G League affiliate of the Milwaukee Bucks. Coach Brady, thanks again for joining me. Bet, Shane. I appreciate the interview. Thank you. Absolutely. And for all the listeners out there, hope you enjoyed this one. You know the drill. Tune in, subscribe, and we'll talk to you next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.